Hey everyone, welcome to the Literary Lounge. I'm Paige. And I'm Emily. And today we are going to be talking about The Queen of Nothing by Holly Black. This is the third book in the Folk of the Air series. Our drink for today is the Ever Apple Sangria. And if you want the recipe to that, you can go check out our Instagram. It'll be on there. Um, again, like we said last week, we're going to try something new and do a question of the week every week. And our question of the week this week is, what is a show that you watched recently and recommend? Um, I have a couple. So the first one I'd recommend, which I know that you like this show, but The Last of Us on yeah. HBO Max. It's based off a video game, which you and David play, right? Yeah. Like, or you have played it before. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never, I'm not like much of a gamer and neither is my husband, but we loved that show. Um, my only like comment on it is that I wish there was like a little bit more zombie action. It focuses like heavily on like the, I guess how civilization has like evolved into this new world. Yeah. Like so, the storylines of the characters. Yeah. Like it's more about coped. the, yeah. Like the people in it than like, like, I just want to see like more zombie action. You know? I know. We don't have any more like good zombie shows now. Yeah. Like, Walking Dead's like dumb, but they're actually making spinoffs. So I'm excited for those. But Yeah. What's the um, other one? The other one, so, because it's just, like, reality TV, I feel like that's not for everybody, um, would be Real Housewives in Miami. Hmm. Have you watched that? Mm-mm. It's so good. It, like, especially this season, one of the stars on it, Lisa Hochstein, sure, her husband, like, out of the blue, like, leaves her for, like, another woman, and it's just, like, so dramatic, and there's so much drama, but it's, like, it's so good. I love it. Yeah. It's, like, my, like, guilty pleasure show. That I watch, like, whenever Nick's gone, I'll just, like, binge watch, like, Real Housewives. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a few. Um, So, like, I, like, try to have, like, a TV show that I can, like, like, that comes out every week, weekday. or like, like, look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. So, my number one (laughs) is A Thousand Pound Sisters. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's literally, like, one of my favorite shows. Like, the girls in there are so funny. So are they both a thousand pounds? Or together no. they're a thousand pounds? Together. It's like around a thousand. Um, they just filmed um season four. So I just finished that one. And like it's just kind of like their journey for like weight loss and it's like you get the tea during it. Like it's it's really funny, but like it's like empowering at the same time and like I don't know. They're just really funny in the show. And then, so that comes out on like Tuesdays. And then on Wednesdays, it was Thousand Pound Best Friends. <laughs> oh my God. So same thing. Yeah. Except. Is it the like, same, like one of the same girls is in both? No. Them? No. It's just no. like other. Yeah. So it's like okay. these four like friends that like, I think when like adding up all their weights, so like over a thousand pounds together. But like that one's really good too. So it's just like following their journeys and stuff. And it, there's a lot of drama and I don't know why I just drama so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Um, and then I, I don't know what day this comes out because I don't actually end up watching it on the day. Because I, again, I don't know what day it comes out, but How I Met Your Father. I'm only watching oh. that. I've never seen How I Met Your Mother, but I'm only watching it because I like, I'm obsessed with Hilary Duff. Mm-hmm. Growing up on Hilary Duff, she's like my idol. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... There, and then there was The Last of Us, too, that I was watching Sunday nights. Yeah. So. Huh. I've never watched How I Met Your Mother, like, not in full. Like, I've seen, like, bits and pieces of some of the episodes and wasn't, like, super into it. But maybe I would, like, the the remake or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it's good. I really like Hillary Duff, so. Cool. She makes the show. Oh, and uh, Josh Peck is in it, too. Did you, um, he has a podcast. Yeah, I listened to his episode with, with her. With her. Yeah. I want to listen to it. I heard some like bits on it and it just sounded like really interesting. Yeah, it was Was good. it on that episode where they talked about like, um, how Lizzie McGuire was actually filmed only in like one year, but they got like multiple seasons out of it. Was that, um, I thought I heard that somewhere. I don't remember that. They talked like a little bit about Lizzie McGuire, Mm -hmm. but not too much I guess okay because I heard that somewhere of like because it was such a big part of like Hillary Duff's life like she's just known for that role but it was mm-hmm. actually like a very short period in her life that they actually filmed it yeah yeah they kind of like talk about how she's like one of the few like child actors that have actually like like that hasn't gone through like that phase you know yeah. like the party like a rebellion like, moment yeah drug phase and like yeah, I don't know. There, she's it's it's good. I really liked it. Yeah, you should okay. watch it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Well, should we dive in? Let's do it. So, full spoilers ahead. Um, if you have not read The Queen of Nothing, this is your chance to hop off. So, this is the third book, as Paige said in the Folk of the Air series. Um, So the very beginning of the book, it gives like readers another glimpse of Cardin's childhood. And so there's a prophecy that they hear when he's like first born, how he's going to be the destruction of the crown. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're kind of like wondering what that's going to mean. And then we also learned that like, because of his like behavior as a child, like, that's how Asha got put into the Tower of Forgetting. I think what happens is, like, um, when he's, like, a kid, Dane challenges him to this, like, task of, like, shooting an arrow over, like, some man's head. Like, I can't remember who it was. If it was, like, a servant or, like, somebody in the court. But he, like, tells him, like, oh, shoot an arrow and, like, just have it, like, go right over his head. And Cardin at the last minute is, like, that's like kind of sketch like you know he don't think he really like trusts himself to be able to like accurately do that without hitting the guy Mm -hmm. so then dane actually like does it for him and hits the guy and kills him and then he like blames cardin for it and then like as punishment they send asha to the tower forgetting because she's cardin's mother that's so shitty (laughs) i know sad which we already kind of know that about prince dane like how he was sketchy they're all sketchy but yeah yeah um, so Jude is now living in Maine with Vivi and Oak, um, cause she was banished to the mortal world mm-hmm. and to make a living, like she's not really adjusting to the mortal life very well. So to make a living, she's like taking odd jobs that like deal with fairies and her like latest assignment is, um, going to meet Grima Mog. Is that how you pronounce it? Grima, uh, Grima or Grima? I, my head was telling me Grima. Okay. So that sounds right. Yeah. And Grima Mog is like a fairy, like cannibal. Yeah. Um, she like eats fairies. Yeah. So she, that's, that was like her assignment was to like get her to just like stop eating fairies. Yeah. <laughs> um. So she meets her and then 
in order to like convince her to like stop she like threatens to burn her like special hat which is like similar to Maddox in the first book how he like dips his hat like in the, the blood, blood of, of his victims yeah the blood of his victims and um so they make it that like triggered her and they like make a deal to duel and if jude wins grima has to stop eating fairies and then if grima wins jude will give her the hat back and um jude she finds she wins but she also finds out that maddock is like building an army because mm-hmm. like grima's like did yeah. you hear what's going on mm-hmm. like what your dad's doing yeah also i just want to comment that this like scene or moment in the book is like the first real duel we get like in any of the books like, yeah. You know what we were talking about with, like, the Wicked King, how, like, when her and Balkin are about to duel, <laughs> she just stabs him and it's done. Like, this one, they actually kind of, like, go around each other a little bit. And, yeah, like, it was like of, a solid like, face-off. Yeah. Yeah, solid fighting scene. Um, And we'll get into it more, like, the further into the book. But this book, like, just made a lot more sense to me than the other ones. It just felt I like it was a little that. bit better structured. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Yeah, so this is kind of, like, one of the first moments where I was, like, that's not how the other ones were. Like, it's just been improved, basically. Yeah, definitely. So when Grima asks Jude, like, what she did to get exiled, Jude says, I gave up the bird in my hands for two in a bush. What do you think she means by that? Um, it's a good question. So it's kind of like saying, like, she's kind of saying that she had it good. And then she kind of made a mistake, like took it too far and then like ruined a good thing. Yeah. Um, I think just her like hunger for power is kind of what she's like alluding to, like how she kind of tried to take over and like compel Cardin to do certain things. And then she just maybe thought like, I think at this point she doesn't think that Cardin has any feelings for her. And so she's like, it was too good to be true. Like I thought the two birds in a bush is like I'm gonna get to have all this power and marry somebody I really care about but then it ended up not being like that to her yeah so I like look because like I was curious about that and I like googled it and so like the phrase so this is kind of like a spin on the phrase but the phrase was something along the lines of like don't give up the bird in your hand for two in a bush and it was like the meaning was like don't give up something that's like already good for something that could that might be good like the grass could that could be better yeah Yeah, like the grass isn't always greener on the other side yeah don't give up something that you have that's like good for something that could be better because like this kind of like bitter in the ass like she Mm -hmm. she gave up like her like um control over cardan for like a marriage and like the yeah. queen, being the queen, but like a bitter in the ass. So mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Well, after like her run in with Grimma Mog, so she goes home and she finds Heather on their doorstep. So Heather and Vivi are like separated now just because of like all the stuff that happened with like Vivian not being transparent with her on like the fairy world. Mm-hmm. Um, but Heather's like debating like, trying again or like just hearing Vivi out a little bit more so she like goes inside with Jude and when Jude goes inside she sees that Taryn is in their house good old Taryn yeah and so long story short like 
Karen needs a favor for Jude, from Jude, and she explains how, like, she killed Locke because apparently, like, he was just not really, like, being loving towards her anymore, and he said something like, your story is over, or your story's boring me, like, because he's really big into, like, creating a narrative. Mm-hmm. That's just, like, his mischief that he has as a fairy. Um, So she, like basically kills him because she's like you don't love me anymore like um and she has to cover it up like she doesn't want to get like crucified for it barely and she um can be compelled but jude cannot right because that's what we've known from the last couple books from the gift she got from prince dane so she wants to switch places with jude jude will go back to the fairy world pretend to be taryn like in front of the court and basically lie and avoid compulsion that like she didn't and say she didn't do anything mm-hmm. to try to cover it up. Yeah. Yeah. So the next day, as Jude's like about to leave to go back to the fairy world to cover for Taryn, Taryn tells her that she's pregnant. Had to throw that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jude attends the court as Taryn. Acacia and Lady Asha are, are like skeptical. Skep- skeptic- <laughs> skeptical. I said that right the first time, didn't I? You did. It sounded weird. <laughs> Um, and Cardin like glamours her to get like the truth out of her, but obviously Jude can't be like glamored, but she has to like pretend yeah she is. Um, and Cardin like wishes to speak with her in private, and he knew it was like Jude the whole time. Like he's good at like telling them apart now. Yeah, and he asks her if she got his letters, which is like kind of like a plot hole now. Um, that like leads to like the last book because like he like banished her, but he's like been writing these letters, so we don't really know yet what like the letters said. But yeah. like it's kind of like hinting that like there was just like a big miscommunication between them with that, right? Like he had a plan all along when yeah. he sent her there. Um, but then she kind of like gets kidnapped essentially against her will. Like Madoc has people like kind of sneaking around the castle that grab her. And, like, knock her out with, like, I don't know, some, like, kind of like a chloroform, like a, but a fairy version of it with, like, a, on a washcloth sort mm-hmm. of thing. And so they, like, grab her and sneak her out of the palace, like, I think as she's leaving Cardin's room. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Maddox obviously thinks that Jude is Taryn, and that's, like, why he took her. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jude, like, spends the next several days in Maddox's war camp. And they are, like, heading towards the Court of, like, Teeth, right? Is that what they're yeah, called? Yeah, they're actually, like, working alongside them, I think, at yeah. this point. Like, they're all staying in this war camp, like, together. Yeah. yeah, so they're, like, north in the Court of Teeth. And um, Jude plans to escape during this. She's, like, there for a while. Um, what's her name? Oriana? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she finds out eventually that Jude is – or, ter- that, yeah, that Jude is Taryn – um, but she, like, agrees to not tell Maddox. And Jude goes to, like, find Maddox in, like, his, like, war tent. And she, like, sees, like, his map and everything. And Maddox grants her, like, her own tent. Mm-hmm. And so she, like, plans her escape. And she finds the ghost in, like, this, like, cave. And he's, like, being, like, tortured and, like, held captive. imprisoned. Yeah. Yeah. 
and she like learns the truth about his betrayal mm-hmm. and that he was um uh compelled. compelled yeah compelled to kidnap her and a fairy can we learn that a fairy can be compelled by knowing their name mm-hmm. like, like their, their full true name. name yeah so yeah what are your thoughts on that because we learn in like the first book kind of all the different ways that like humans and fairies can like manipulate one another. So like what are your thoughts now on learning that like fairies have like true names that can be used against them? I think it gives humans more power if they can find that name out because like humans mm-hmm. don't have a lot of power in fairies. So I mean it gives anyone power even fairies. To, fairies like, or fairies. Yeah. Or, yeah. But I think it just gives humans like another advantage. Yeah. See, this, like, bothered me, and that's why I want to ask you about it, because I just felt like it was, like, the author kind of snuck it in here. Yeah, it was, like, a solution to something. Like, yeah. Like, it was kind of, like, a last minute, like. Like, did she all along plan for the ghost to, like, have been manipulated to do this, or, like, as she was writing the third book, where she was, like, oh, I actually want him to be a good guy now? Like, how could he have done that? I think I would have. Against his will? Like, couldn't he have done, like, a deal or something? Like. Yeah. I feel like it was a little. Um, I don't know what word I'm trying to say, but it's like it just felt out of the blue. You almost maybe would have rather had him like be played out to still be the bad guy. I feel like that. I would have liked that better. It just doesn't really feel like like it fits well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I wanted to say lazy writing, but I feel like that's kind of (laughs) mean. We've been like (laughs) bashing her writing style like in all these podcasts. I don't think she's a bad writer. I just think like, well, the, the. the lack of world building yeah. stuff is like what we've been bashing. Yeah, it's not like bad writing though. It's just a writing style. It's like a, a writing style that I don't prefer. Doesn't yeah, make it that's like, what, yeah. Yeah. But we you know still I mean? have like been bashing the writing style, which is yeah. like we prefer like more world building. But yeah. So upon returning from the cave with mm-hmm. Ghost, Oriana is awake in the tent. She knows it's Jude. We already kind of talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she promises not to. She promises to keep her a secret if she prom- if Jude promises to not plot against Maddox. And Jude goes to sleep in her tent and she kind of wakes up to like someone in there and she's rescued by Cardan, the roach, and like her siblings. So as they like sneak out of the camp, they like go in um what's that guy's name? The forger. Grimson? Yeah, Grimson. They, like, go in his, like, shop thing in the war camp to try to get the key to um, release Ghost. And they, like, sound the alarm in there. So, like, Jude, everyone leaves, and then Jude, like, sneaks off to go rescue Ghost. Well, Ghost isn't in the cave anymore, and Maddox is. And Maddox has, like, discovered that Terran is actually Jude. Um, So they, like, start fighting she kind of takes off into a run, doesn't she? Like, yeah, she's just like trying to get away from him, mm-hmm. and he like chases after her. Yeah, and he like spears her in the stomach, and her sisters and Grandma Mog like come and they like start firing arrows at him, and he kind of like backs off. And um, this is kind of where we see like the sisters like finally like take a side, and yeah, this is like the first point in the book where we're like. Hell yeah, like the sisters are like teaming up, you know? Because I mean, Vivi's always been like one of our favorite characters, but like Taryn's just, she's like, she's so back and forth. Like, 
Um, but I felt like this was a pretty solid moment in the book where we're like, they actually are like getting along and like helping yeah. each other. It's like Taryn's like redemption moment. Yeah. Um, so Jude like stuffs like the earth, like dirt and like grass and everything like mm-hmm. in her wound and Taryn stitches her up. And this is where we kind of see that like Jude is starting to get like powers as like being the queen. Mm-hmm. And the earth, like, healed her. Like, the flowers bloom where her blood fell and, like, she healed, which was pretty cool because mortals aren't, like, they've never been, like, queen or king. So, like, we didn't know, like, what would happen with, like, the powers because the queen and the king always get powers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like um, even though she's a human and she doesn't have any powers, this is almost like the fairy world, like, accepting her as queen because, Mm -hmm. like... Fairies and, like, especially, like, Cardin being king, like, him and, like, the natural elements are very, like, in touch with one another. And there's just all these, like, prophecies, like, surrounding, well, A, him, like, destroying the crown. But then also, like, going back to the second book where we hear that, like, Jude's mom was going to give birth to, like, a weapon who we, like, assume is going to be Jude. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of just, like, fulfilling, like, everything that we thought was maybe coming. Yeah. It's, like, kind of all tying together now. Yeah. If you will. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when she's still injured, she runs back to the palace to warn Cardin because she thinks that Maddox has sent the ghost, like, after him to assassinate him, basically, because... Like you said, they, he found she found Maddox in the cave, and she doesn't know where the ghost is, but she knows that Maddox obviously knows his true name and is going to, like, use it against somebody, and she just wants to protect Cardin because, like, he went back earlier with the roach, um, and then, like, she was still with her sisters or whatever when she got injured. So she actually, like, gets back into the palace, um, And when she's in there, she realizes that she's actually been set up and she looks like the assassin because she, like, goes in and she has, like, a hood on, like, being kind of, like, sketchy and sneaky. Yeah, wasn't she, like, in the rafters or something? Yeah, she was, like, hiding in the ceiling, like... The bomb was there, too, and, like, noticed her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and she, like, wrote a letter, I think, to Cardin that was, like, warning him, like, you're going to like be assassinated or like watch out or something. And yeah. then it, the whole thing kind of like flipped on her where she looked like the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the bomb was like gonna like shoot her down or whatever. But luckily like Cardin was aware of like everything that was happening. Um, and he basically like clears the air, says like she's not in exile anymore, or, like admits that she's actually the queen yeah. and for the first time tells everybody that they got married. Mm-hmm. So luckily like nothing happens in this scene. Like nobody gets assassinated and it seems like all has been righted for her in that sense. Yeah. Um. So the undersea comes and is like angry because someone attacked Orla. Uh, they tell her that they will take on Maddox to find the solution. Um. So we find out that, the ghost is the one that attacked Orla and that Maddox actually sent him to attack her. And I think it was like to kind of make like a divide. Yeah. Like, cause how he did it is I think he shot some kind of spear or something at her that's sitting like really close to her heart. And so 
like they've tried everything to like save her from it, but they don't want to like make it worse. And so Maddox is really like the only person that knows how to like fix it. Yeah. It's probably one of like Grimson's weapons that um I'm just not remembering maybe if it was or not. Probably. It probably is. Yeah. And so like Maddox wants like the undersea to come to him, like for help, you know, kind of building an alliance that way. Yeah. But like June Cardner trying to be like, well, he attacked you. You like we'll help you try to find a solution and we'll make Maddox like tell us how to mm-hmm. fix it. And so yeah, he's definitely trying to like manipulate everybody. Yeah, like always. Yeah. Yep. Um, so a little bit later, Taryn summons Jude to Hollow Hall, and that's where they discover that where the ghost is being kept, and we find out that his name is Larkin Garrett. Um Yeah, I was a little sketched out with Taryn at this point because I thought that she was like setting them up another trap because I can yeah. just never trust anything that she does. Yeah. So Yep, so they've got him now kind of safe and sound is how you could put it um where maddock can't compel him anymore because they're hiding him away yeah yeah so then after this like jude and Cardin have like kind of a a, i don't even want to use the word spicy it's not spicy it's not like a spicy sex scene but i think they have sex um one thing that i thought was like kind of cringy in this moment is when they're like things are getting kind of like hot and heavy he like runs his tail like up the back of oh my god I know and I was Ew. just like oh like that's not cute no yuck <sighs> yeah yeah that bothered me too it's like we never get any like um explicitness in these books but then when we get anything like that it's just like no 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 yeah exactly <laughs> Um, so Jude and Cardin, like over this time, they're like kind of winning over the lower courts, which is really good, um, to have like as much, as many like courts on their side as they can, because mm-hmm. obviously Maddox is, is coming for him. Yeah. He wants to turn everybody. Yeah. Um, so Maddox, Oriana and Grimson and like all their alleys, they arrive at the palace. Um, Jude and Cardin like tell him to put down his sword, but Maddox actually slams it into the stone floor, which in turn, like, cracks the throne mm-hmm. and kind of, like, splits it in half. Yeah. Um. Then he demands them to, like, surrender and Orla to be spared. Well, Cardin says he doesn't need the blood crown to rule or, like, the throne, and he asks his supporters to, like, follow him with or without it, and he takes off the crown and, like, cracks it in half, which fulfills the prophecy. And the crown is cursed, so he it makes him, like, morph into, like, this giant snake and then like there's chaos everywhere yeah when this i was like what is happening like it's just another one of those like really abrupt like scenes and in these books where you're like that just like came out of nowhere yeah um do you remember what the prophecy was it was like he will break the he will be the destruction of the crown yeah so that's so he was like fulfilling the prophecy basically by like cracking it in half. Yeah, like the he literally destructed the crown. Yeah. Like. So I'm just like, why did he do that? Like he's aware of like this prophecy against him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But the prophecy needed to be fulfilled for things to move forward, though. That's true. Just yeah. get it out of the way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he turns into like this giant snake. Chaos ensues. Like everybody is running and screaming out of the way, and like. Jude's freaked out and upset because, like, her husband is literally a big snake now. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, like, kind of steps in and takes on, like, role as queen and is, like, telling people 
you go do this, you do that, like trying to like keep everything under control. Um, and so she like just tries her best to like keep everybody sane. Um, and she ends up like making a deal with the enemy, like Madoc and the Court of Teeth, basically. And they tell her that she can have the throne, like if Madoc is like her hand, like hand to the queen or whatever. Um, and then for some reason, the Court of Teeth like wants her to reign in Cardin with like this magic bridle that basically like gives you control over whoever's wearing it. And it's kind of weird because like the king and queen, or they're not the king and queen, they're like the parents of the queen of the Court of Teeth. Like Surin, the young, she should be a princess, but she's really the queen. It's kind of weird. Didn't Jude declare her queen, I thought? No, she was like already queen. Okay. But I think Jude like let her remain as so. That's so weird. But yeah. she's like really young. She's like Oak's age, but she's in charge. But then her parents have like this bridal that was like literally running through her face. This big like piece of metal that mm-hmm. like they they had like control over her, I'm assuming, but they take it out of her. Um, and then they want like Jude to put it on Cardin. So he's just like basically this like I don't know. He can be tamed. Snake. Yeah, tamed snake. Yeah. I was going to say, like, docile. But yeah. That's, yeah. Um, she's not really, like, sure if this is going to work or not. But she's also, like, skeptical of the whole bridal thing. Yeah, because they said that she needed to tie her hair, like, three strands of her hair around the bridal, too, mm-hmm. to have control over him. Well, we find out that that actually also is um a way for them to control her so if she puts her hair around it then she can also be controlled yeah so like they tried to trick her with that and then i think it was like the what was mother what is her name like that mother character like oriana or no it's her name is like actually like mother something oh i don't remember well there's this character that um says like well why would you do that like that's don't do that. That's going to control you, too. So thank God. Like, oh, do you remember it? Yeah. Good point. I don't remember who that was, though. It was Mother something. Okay. Yeah. Or something Mother or Mother something. But yeah, she was like, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, if she went to talk to this lady, she would have done it. Like, yeah. I feel like Jude gets so much help from everyone around her. Like, she hasn't really done anything, like, just by herself. I know. <laughs> I like, know. everyone, she just kind of, like, weasels her way, like, through everything. Yeah. Because everyone helps her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, like thank, if, thank God for that. Yeah. If she was on her own, she'd be screwed. <laughs> yeah. Well, like in true Jude fashion, she tricks everybody. Um, and she, instead of like doing the bridal, she like cuts off the head of the snake and Cardin's actually like hiding inside of it. I don't think, well, it wasn't like a costume, like he's hiding inside of it, but it was like. I think the snake died and then up rose Cardin, like, out of it. But yeah. not, like, as, like, a costume. No, no, no. I don't think yeah. he was, like, in a big, like, Barney costume this whole time well, or anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, Just the way that you said it, though. It sounded like, yeah, and then I Cardin was, came out. Well, I was, like, picturing him, like, in the fetal position, just, like, hanging out in the snake. <laughs> like, in the tummy or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just could have been. Because I, I don't know. I was under the impression that he was like aware that he was inside the snake. Yeah, he, I think he was because mm-hmm. like he he said something along the lines of like he knew 
like Jude like grounded him in a sense through it. Like he knew like Jude kind of. I think there was like something that he like mentioned during that. And that's why like he never attacked her. Yeah. But yeah. So she cuts off the head. Here comes Cardin. He's like stronger than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Jude pretty much just like saves the day and he or she does this like huge thing and exiles Madoc and Oriana to the fairy world to raise Oak. The human world. Or sorry. Yeah. Sorry. The human world. That's my bad. <laughs> yeah. So she exiles them to the human world, which is like, I cannot imagine. That's a very generous thing to do though. Yeah. Like just let him roam free. Yeah. I would have sent him to the tower for getting. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he should be raising Oak. Do you? No. Yeah. Especially if, like, Oak is going to have, like, a a reign at some point. Like, whether he's going to be king or he's going to play, like, a major role, like, in their kingdom. I just don't think he should have, like, any sort of influence from Maddox. I guess. He's a schemer. I'm kind of confused of why they still, like, want Oak to be, to rule. Because I think Jude and Cardin are going to do just fine ruling. Yeah. Was it even clear, like, if they would ever end up, like, giving it up now? I feel like they mentioned, like, something along the lines of, like, it. Yeah. I think they were just going to stick to their original plan or... Yeah. But they should just, like, roll. Oak doesn't even want to. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so that's pretty much, like, the end of the book. <laughs> um, Just with the whole thing with, like, the snake, like, him turning into a snake and then she cuts the head off, like... Maybe I'm missing something, but how did they, like, know to do that? Like, how did Cardin know that, like, he would be okay after breaking the crown? And how did Jude know that, like, if she cut off the head, like, he would be okay? I think there was, like, something in the prophecy. I think there was, like, more to it because I I kind of guessed that that would happen. Like, he had to die or someone – I think that mother lady, she said that he had to die in order to – for the he had to die for the curse to be broken but like you look at it and like okay well he did die but he turned into a snake yeah then like yeah i don't know but like okay yeah i think it was like along those lines he had to die for the curse to be broken so like if he died the curse would be broken and but if you look at it like plainly like the the prophecy how like he would be the destruction of the crown he literally like broke the crown and then that prophecy was fulfilled. So if, if he's killed to break the curse, then the curse would be broken. And then you would assume that because he's not cursed anymore, Cardin would return back to his old self. But yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Mm. Yeah. I'm just bamboozled <laughs> by this book. Kind of is kind of seems like another cop-out in a sense. Like Yeah. It's just like, what am I going to have happen? And how am I going to tie the ends together here? Yeah. Um, I mean, I will say that this book, like, made a lot more sense than the two earlier ones. Yeah. Like, it, I think, like, everything kind of came to a head here, where, like, the other two books kind of felt like they were just building towards something. Like, the end of those books just didn't really feel, like, fulfilling to me, or, like, that they necessarily, like, made sense. Yeah. Whereas, like, now it kind of, we've had enough time with, like, these characters and stuff where I'm like, okay... I kind of see like where that was all headed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, don't, I agree with that. I don't know. These books are hard to talk about because it's like you and I were kind of talking about this a little bit like before 
filming like some of these episodes, but it's like, there's so many things that just like happen. Like it's like, bam, 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 like all these big major events. And then you're not really given like a chance to like Analyze dwell it. on it. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, this happens and this happens. And yeah, yeah. There's a lot that happens. I don't know. So like, let's kind of just talk about like this for book versus like the series then so like did you like what were your thoughts on this book like just the queen of nothing I liked it the most out of all of them and I agree with what you said like it kind of like tied everything together made everything else make sense um but yeah I I think my least favorite was the first one then the second and then this was like the best one I thought what What about you yeah um what would you give it on goodreads queen of nothing uh, four, I think. Okay. That's what I would give it to. I like this one the best. Um, and then just remembering back, I liked the second one the least. Yeah. Because the first one was kind of like, okay, like new fairy world, like kind of interested in like the storyline. Um, the second one, I feel like we could have probably done without, or like she, <laughs> or she could have like taken these three books and just made them like two books or something. Like, left us on kind of a cliffhanger, like, with the first book and then maybe, like, part of the second one. I don't know. It's just, like, everything happened so fast that I felt like put when putting you put them all together, it kind of makes, like, one story. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I'd give this, this one a four. Okay. So, since we completed the Folk of the Air series, would you consider reading the Stolen Air duology? And that one's, like, about Saren and Oak. I think I would. Um, just because I'm kind of curious now, like, yeah. where this is going to go. That's exactly what I was thinking, too. Um, do I think we should do podcast episodes on it? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, just because I'm learning, like, as we go through this, like, podcast journey that we're on, like, there's some books that you can have great conversations on because there's so many like things with characters and storylines to talk about and like analyze. But these books, you just like, it's really hard to do. Yeah. Because there's nothing really like underlying in the storyline. It's just like this happened. Okay. We move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if we do end up reading it, we'll probably just do like an, uh, like an Instagram post or something and yeah. like a short summary of what we thought about it. Like we, yeah. we won't be doing them on the podcast, but yeah. Or like sometimes we talk about like what we've read recently or whatever. We yeah. just kind of like, 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 Oh yeah. I liked blurred. it, but not spoil it. Yeah. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sorry guys. There probably wasn't too much to unpack with this. Yeah. But we felt we had to tie up the series. Yeah. I think we kind of came to the conclusion and you never know when you like pick books that you're going to read. Like we picked these because they're so popular. We both like like fantasy romance. So we were like, oh, we should do these. And then kind of realized that they maybe weren't easy to talk about, you know, they're just very surface level stories, which Mm -hmm. I think is okay because maybe that's just like what she was going for just like a nice little story yeah definitely I hope you're able to kind of maybe spark some new thoughts about it for Mm -hmm. you and maybe give you some new perspectives yeah based on like what we thought I mean I regret nothing like no I'm so glad we read them they weren't bad books it's just there was definitely like things that peeved me and I think you felt the same way about like the world building and stuff. Yeah. Which is crazy though. I know I mentioned this in the Wicked King 
episode, but like a lot of people like on social media rave about these and they like love the world building, which is just so, it's so funny and like interesting just how everyone has different opinions about like the same book and like they'll just see different, they'll have all, they'll have different perspectives on it. So it's just like, yeah, interesting. When you read a lot, you kind of realize what you like and dislike about writing styles and yeah. So like, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, we just didn't vibe with this one. Yeah. So, like, overall, like, would you recommend this series? Uh, to certain people, I would. I wouldn't shout the, these books from the rooftops. Like, I would, like, here we go again, talking about Akatar, But, like, <laughs> I... Like, Literally get to mention it every single episode. Yeah. Like, <laughs> take a shot every time we mention Akatar. Um <laughs> Yeah. So, I wouldn't, like, recommend these to just anybody. I think, if anything, like... I was thinking if these type of books, like, you know how books can kind of live on for years? Mm-hmm. Like, I had, like, a daughter that's in her teenage years, and these, I didn't feel like these books would be, like, outdated. I would maybe, like, recommend, like, save them for a future daughter or, like, or if somebody else, like, had kids that I knew that would like, kind of teenage years, I think they would appreciate these books because they don't really need the spice. Yeah. They probably aren't like analyzing world building maybe as you or, you and I are like when you're younger maybe you have like a little bit more of an imagination and you can kind of just like roll with stuff. Mm-hmm. I would recommend these books to teenagers. I guess it's like my long-winded way of saying that. Yeah. They're yeah. young adult. I think I like that you brought that up cuz like I was like obsessed with Twilight when they came out as mm-hmm. like a teenager and I still have those. Like I'm definitely going to have like my kids read it if they're like showing interest in like fantasy and yeah, I would probably save these ones to have them read yeah yeah i yeah definitely think that that age group is uh what these books are maybe catered towards in my mm-hmm. opinion so. i agree with that yeah so have you read anything else recently not really i am working my way through kingdom of ash i talked about this one a couple of weeks ago i think it's the last book in the throne of glass series it's a thousand pages I'm almost done with it. I'm like 75% of the way through. It's been wonderful. It hasn't felt like a 1,000-page a book just because I'm so into it. So I love those. Um, I will report back next week, next week on, on it. I should be done by then. So mm-hmm. What about you? Um, no, I am working my way through the Crescent City series. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I haven't made too much progress with those yet yeah we should Busy lives we should yeah we should do episodes on those um in the future especially with the tar yeah <laughs> especially with the third crescent city book was just announced like a couple weeks ago that it's gonna be published on january 30th of 2024 like literally hit pre-order the minute that that got announced so we're gonna definitely have like we're both gonna be dying to read it so yeah. we'll have to talk about it for sure yeah I'm waiting for that next Akatar book to be like Akatar book. Yeah. I mean, I know she's doing more, but is she working on one right now? She's she just signed for I think like two more. So I'm just hoping that like we get an announcement. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't finish what I was saying. But yeah, like I just hope like she makes an announcement soon that there'll be like the next one coming out soon. Yeah. I just wonder if she's going to finish Crescent City first because I think there's supposed to be four books in that series. Oh, you think she's going to finish the whole series before she jumps back to Akatar? Well, that's kind of what she's been doing because she... Uh-huh. So, okay, let me backtrack. She, like, released um, Sil- A Court of Silver Flames at the beginning of 2021. 
Okay. And then she, no. What year is it? Um, 2023. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Silver Flames was 2021. Um, Crescent City, Sky and Breath was beginning of 2022. And then she said right away, she's like, I'm going to write the next Crescent City book. So now that's 2024. Yeah. I think she's going to finish. I was under the impression she was going to finish Crescent City series oh. before getting back into Actar, but I could be wrong. Also, she's still working on the TV show, allegedly. Hopefully. <laughs> I heard like a Dumois spoiler, which like, I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that like the creation of this TV series has been so slow because she's been so picky. I'm glad. Yeah. Is that a bad thing? No. But I've heard that. I've heard that that's why it's taking so long and they haven't even cast it yet because they're still like writing the script because she's very, very particular about like how everything's going to go. I'm glad because I feel like that doesn't usually happen. Yeah. Like they're just like so excited to get a a TV show on their book. Right. And they're just like throwing the... The, um, yeah, they're just like up for whatever. Yeah. And then I'm excited too that Jennifer Armentrout um, announced that Amazon picked up her Blood and Ash series. Oh, yeah. You were telling me that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. All these like, good fantasy books are going to have shows. Yeah. Hopefully they, they follow through, through. But yeah. So much to be excited about as a reader these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's a wrap. Next week. We have our husbands coming on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you'll get to meet Nick and David. Our first set of guests, um, we forced them against their will to read a romance book with us. So they've. (laughs) And they're not readers. No. (laughs) So not only do they not read, we are making them read a book that they aren't particularly like excited about. Yeah. So we'll see. I guess I haven't gotten like final thoughts on this book for them. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting to hear like what they have to say about the romance. Um, if they'll agree with us or disagree with like how we feel about it, you know? Yeah. And the book is the love hypothesis. Yep. I don't know. By, yeah. I didn't say that love hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. Um, a lot of people really like this book. So I'm I'm excited to like hear your thoughts on it. Um, yeah. I've only like seen like thoughts on like TikTok and YouTube about, or from like women. So it's going to be fun and interesting to get um like our husband's perspectives yeah. on it we'll have so. to get him like a little liquored up before the episode yeah loosen him up and see mm-hmm. what they have to say so yeah. <laughs> cool well thanks for joining us um if you're on youtube watching please like and subscribe this episode if you have any thoughts leave us in a comment below um we're on Instagram and TikTok as the Literary Lounge MN. We have our drink posted if you're curious about the recipe. Um, and we'll see you next Wednesday. All right. Bye. See ya.